I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to The Melancholy Condition. Welcome to Season 2. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free ridiculously easy to use and now anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast and that means you can get paid to podcast right away in fact that's what i'm doing right now by reading this ad the reason why i love anchor is just because it's easy it's simple it's on my phone i don't use any exterior hardware i don't gotta do anything really but just pick up my phone open the anchor app press record invite my guests and boom you have the melancholic condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Four, three, two, and we're live. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the melancholic condition. I have the wonderful, you said Jami Kwan, right? Jami Kwan. Jami is Kwan. great. Awesome. Awesome. Jami, we had an amazing Thanks. conversation just prior to <laughs> this uh, episode. It almost turned into its own episode of its own. Um, really great information that we shared, a lot of help that you helped me with some personal issues. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Excuse me. Great. Thank you. I appreciate um, you having me here. So my name is Jami Kwan Saints and my background is in mental health. I graduated with a master's degree in social work and then went on to complete about 2,700 hours of supervised clinical um, supervision. Okay. And then life happened uh-huh. and a depression, mm-hmm. a divorce mm-hmm. and choices. And I had to make a decision. Do I complete my hours or do I take care of myself? And I chose to take care of myself. So okay. I did not complete and I only needed 3000 hours to finish my licensing. I chose uh-huh. not to. Oh. I chose to, yeah. Right. I made a huge decision to take care of myself and my family at the time and not pursue licensing. Mm -hmm. So after that, right, you have this degree, you have all this knowledge, what do you do with it? So I became a coach. (laughs) I like to run my mouth, right? There it is. And so, and then I became a podcaster, much like you. And so um, one of the things that I found was so depressing for me when I was hurt was that I had this idea of what I would be in life, right? I worked Mm. really hard to be this thing, Mm. right? A wife, a mother, a social worker, right? I had a job. I was a supervisor. Like that was the pinnacle of my life. I bought my first house when I was 25 and then it was all gone. Okay. And who was I? And what was I, right? And that can be very depressing. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I understand that completely. I 100% relate to be honest because when I was 14 years old, um, that's when I did my first modeling and acting showcase. So Mm. straight off the bat, they, the casting directors all told me, when you're 18, move to L.A. So I did everything that I could by the time I was 18. I got in touch with some cool people, moved to L.A., mm-hmm. tried to pursue acting. As soon as I got there, the guy that said he had a house, had power of attorney over house, and this was like right outside of Compton. I'm a fair-skinned mm-hmm. dude, so mm-hmm. you can imagine the kind of racial bias that there was. Um, right. As soon as I walked in the house, this guy like, so what's this white boy doing in my house? And I'm like, ugh already off rocks because they didn't yes. know that I was coming though. So I was invading their space. So right. I was homeless for two weeks. I started pursuing Ugh. acting and modeling, showering on Venice beach, 
about a month of being like in and out of hotels. I found an aunt in Bakersfield, California I moved with. And then like a month later, I ended up being in um, Studio City at Universal uh, Universal Studios. Um, like a, it's like a runway show. And wow. Like, okay. Yeah. And so the so things like jumped back and forth. So immediately I knew I was like, okay, this part was hard, but now I'm right. here. So let's give right. this my all. I get into acting. Um, prior to moving to LA, I did do a commercial that I thought that's what I wanted to do. After I saw the industry and was in it in ties, seeing everything, I was like, wow. You're different. This, right? Yeah, this isn't me. This isn't like it's getting too controlling. This is like some high level puppetry going on here. Mm-hmm. So I, I I leave I move to California come back home for like three months buddy of mine's like hey Houston let's go and I said all right <laughs> I'm in in Houston and you're off yeah I'm Houston for about a year <laughs> I start doing business I had a clothing line it was great and then the flood happened I lost my marketing business I stopped doing I was gonna my say, clothing then, right <laughs> yeah so everything is like great bad great bad and so I take this huge huge um magnitude i guess this wave of mm-hmm. every looking back in reflection right so this hindsight yes. of okay yes everything i did why did i do it right. why did why did i do all that if, the, if, right. if if none of it's happening right now why did i choose that <laughs> what, what, what was the point of that it, was i trying to show off for people was i trying you know what i mean so i had this built-up anxiety and then i come back home and try to relaunch my marketing business does great for a will uh, about six months I partner with a dude he screws me over a bunch of money and now I have no clients and now I'm sitting dude, here with this trying podcast. to figure it out all over yes. again. so and you're like really yeah really? yes 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 but now so, I, but, so this is life yeah yeah for real but the thing <laughs> is is like you know so I'm just I understand everything you're coming from um Except you're half my age, so at yeah, least you feel like yeah. you have time, right? No, I and don't. I that's the problem. Like, that's where my oh, you anxiety. Don't feel like you have time. Yeah, that's where okay, my anxiety comes in. Is like, okay. I do all these things, and I guess I just expect them to work out regardless. I hear you. You know what I mean? I think yeah, I'm too, more of totally. a plan A person. I don't believe yes. in B and C. I believe in no. All right, listen. That's why we're magnitude people. Listen to this. You mm-hmm. need to understand that we are both there. That's how come the universe brought us together. Okay. And, right? That's how you come. You click my link. I clicked your link yep. because I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. There is no plan B. There is a plan A. Yeah. And that's it. And so I'm going to work, 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 work. But here's the issue with that, right? For me, and I'm speaking about me, uh-huh. that threw me into a tailspin as I work, work, work for something that felt um, uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to learn how to say to myself, is this serving me? And am I working for it because I want it? Or am I working for it out of fear? Mm-hmm. And okay. those are two different feelings for me, right? Yeah. When I am in fear, depression, anxiety, I feel that, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel good. No. And I, right? And, and I, I do it <laughs> because I feel that way. Yeah. Versus... When I am in a good place, I do it because I feel excited about the outcome. Regardless if I think I'm going to, quote unquote, win or not, Mm -hmm. I am excited. I have ideas. So perfect example. I wanted to be a nurse many, many moons ago. (laughs) Okay. Many, many moons ago. Mm -hmm. And I did all the classes. They are math and science based. Okay. I failed every math and science class at least once or twice. Oh, exactly. The classes you were paying for. Yes, sir. Oh, my you goodness. Got that has At to least. be deteriorating on your own. Like, Thank you. I'm paying but I for won't these give classes. Up, right? Okay, okay. So you're, you're resilient. But I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I'm not going to give up, right? Okay. Because this is a learning curve and I can do this. You hear my tenacity, right? Yeah. And I make it through. Mm-hmm. I 
pass all the classes and I get through. Okay. And I go to apply to nursing programs. I applied to three of them. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was impacted. Like they needed nurses. People were dying to get into nursing programs. So there's too many of us. Yeah. And so at this point, you have to have a B plus average to even apply. I got an A. Mm-hmm. I got put in the lottery and I didn't get chosen for two of my top two programs. Oh. Right? Yeah. That's okay. one because they only have admissions once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh for this one. So I go to the next round. And this is your clinicals or is this like No, this is just to get is... in a nursing program. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've done all the prerequisites. I'm okay. applying to the program, right? Uh-huh. There's a lottery. So it's not that I qualify or don't qualify. I've already been qualified, right? Yeah. But there's there's 80 spots and 800 people. So it's so it's similar to like how they kind of uh, um, draw for hunters, right? You so got in, it. Okay. Exactly. So, okay. 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 Cool. So it's no longer in my hands. Do you understand? What I'm yeah. Saying? Yeah. I've done all the work. I've gotten the tenet, right. I've I've worked through it. Mm-hmm. But now my life is in the hands of another quote, man, quote, a person. Right. Quote unquote luck. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Draw. Okay. Three draws and I don't get in. Discouragement. <laughs> Do you hear me? Yeah. My whole life, I have worked to this moment, to this pinnacle of a moment, and I can't get in. Here's the other issue. The school is like, what you doing? You Mm got to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to choose something. You can't just sit here languishing, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I want to be a nurse. Okay. So what do you do? Right? What do I do? I had to choose something. So I called my mom crying. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I said, I'm going to go back to work. I'm done. Right. I am just done. And she said, have you ever thought about doing something else? And the answer was no. Mm -hmm. I hadn't. I was going to be a nurse. And that was it. And she said, why don't you go and look at the book, the transfer book? And I said, I don't want to look at the book. I want to be a nurse. And she was like, but there could be something else. And she said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just go look at the book. I don't want you to make a decision. I just want you to look at the classes, not the book. You know, the courses mm-hmm. um, title, but I want you to look at the classes and I want you to look at something you enjoy. Now, here was the shift, right? Mm-hmm. I told you I hated science. I hated math and I failed through every class. Yeah, it was hell. I'm just being honest. It was not enjoyable. But for the first time, I sat down and looked at that book and I chose courses that I liked, right? Just classes that I liked. I ended up graduating with a master's degree in two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. When I gave up something that I hated, yeah. I wanted it for the money, right? I oh, wanted yeah. it for the career choices. I wanted it for what it could give me. But when I gave that up and got back into myself out of the fear and chose something else, I was wildly successful. How do you, I mean, and it, so first off, congratulations. Um, <laughs> I know you didn't expect that story. No, I, I didn't. Um, exactly. And that's why I tell it. Secondly, it's like, how do you instill that into people? Like, how can you push that, not push it onto other people, but how can you show people like, you know what it I mean? What, interesting. And, interesting. And, I, and I'm being, and I'm being honest, right? Mm-hmm. Because what, what I ended up doing was becoming a social worker because of the classes. Right? Yeah. I wanted to learn how to teach myself how to stop spiraling. I'm being honest, right? Because if I, <laughs> statistics, I took three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. class. I couldn't. It is not. Once, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. I took it summer, spring, and fall. Ugh. That I consecutively? Yes. What? Yes. You're wild. Because that was my last class. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> needed it 
to transfer, right? I needed it yeah, to get into the yeah. surrogacy program. So when I tell you about there being no plan B, listen to me, there was no plan B. <laughs> <laughs> there was the statistic class like I said in my way. <laughs> Jeez. And I made it through. So what but, I'm saying okay. is, I made it through, but did it feel good mm-hmm. in the end, mm-hmm. right? Did it? Ser- how did it serve me? Having said that, right? So I'm sitting down and I'm looking at this transfer and it's talking about um, all these classes, right? And I'm thinking, whoa, I can get a degree and like it? Like it had never crossed my mind that I could do something I liked and make money. That's so, everyone, right? Nobody thinks that. Nobody no, thinks, especially this no. day and age. I mean, now yes. I guess it's a little bit more uh, but it acceptable, but that, yeah. then, right? Then no, like the internet was nothing. Thank you. Thank you. And so we're the generation that you guys are now, you see all this diversity and all this openness. Well, you could have just, it's like, mm, no, it wasn't just that. Yeah. You could, right? It wasn't just accessible. For me, it was about making money. And I was a single mom. And I was a young single mother, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so all my life had been about, I had made a mistake and I needed to correct that mistake and do the best I could for this child, right? Mm-hmm. And that meant having a very stable income. And healthcare was stable. Can I give you another funny? Yeah, In the ahead. beginning, the internet was coming out. And I my first degree I wanted was computer business administration, oh, which was man. accounting mm-hmm. and computer programming. Uh, nope. My grandmother and my family was like, that internet stuff is not going to last. Really? Put it away. Nobody and thought go that, do huh? something in the human field because no matter what happens, people are going to be there. Robots yeah. won't take over those yeah. jobs. Yeah. I went and got an AA degree. And coding and I used to code really but I mm-hmm, and I put it aside because again fear I loved it but my grandmother and my family told me that that's not what I do right mm-hmm. that's not what pe- I did not yeah. people like me I need I was a single mom I was black I was young and I needed to go get a quote-unquote regular job okay and so that was my motivation right the whole time I just need to have a stable career regular job be a nurse right be um, work for the state or whatever mm-hmm. so in the end I was taught that so your question is, what you don't know, you don't know, you just don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that people went to college. <laughs> really? I No, I, I, a nursing program was just a nursing program. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, the idea of college and going to college wasn't for me when I say that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't a college in my neighborhood. College was like this figment of my imagination. So I wasn't, I never thought Was it just out of reach or... It wasn't anything anybody talked about, right? Oh, okay. So you just didn't know. Right. I, I mean, I knew it existed, but do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, of course. It's like the kid that goes and gets financial aid rather than looking for scholarships because you never heard about him. That was my case. Me. Yeah, that was that me. That was me. I never knew about scholarships until me I got neither. into school and everyone's like, oh, I, I got college for free. I'm like, what? Y'all How do you get How? college for free? Yes. And I was like, How my mom's do do income don't even let me get financial aid. Dude, I had no, and so- that's what I realized. That's one of the reasons why I did what I did, because I realized that I had this huge hole of ignorance. And if there was a hole of ignorance about one thing, what else was there a hole about an ignorance? And mm-hmm. so that's how I came. I'm coming back right about my behavior. Mm-hmm. I learned in this life that there was so much that I didn't know. And I had two choices. Would I be angry about not knowing or would I always be in a place of saying that I have space to be filled? Okay. Right? Yeah. So I chose to say, <laughs> I immediately tell people, I love my ignorance. 
I'm coming to you, letting you know that I am ignorant in a lot of things so that you understand that I am willing to be filled. Mm. Then that negates me from this expectation that I know everything. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Right? First. Now, second, I will fight you down about what I know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Especially if you if you know know something. You can That's know it. about something, but if you know know something, it's like, then all I'll right, look, you. yeah, it's it's me. Then the rest My of turn. it, I let it go. Okay. So for me, I know about depression. Mm-hmm. I know about sadness. Mm-hmm. I know about a disappointment. I know what yeah. it's like to work your hardest and still not make it mm-hmm. and have to do it again and still not make it mm-hmm. and have to do it again and still not make it. I know what it's like to try your hardest and not make it. Yeah. And there's not many of us that will say that. There's not, people will say, well, just keep on trying. No, at some point you have to say, why am I not making it? And is this for me? You have to be brave enough to say that. You have to be able to say the hypothesis that I generated needs to be tweaked. That's not failure. Mm-hmm. That is That's the powerful. biggest level of success. That's... When I took out my emotions and feelings of fear and disappointment and judgment, and when I took it out and said scientifically, I have a hypothesis. Remember when you was a little kid and they gave you water and salt and sugar and yeah. they would like mix it in and tell me what the what your observations will be? Yeah, yeah. You had to do that first. Hmm. Interesting. And then you okay. got to do the experience, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you wrote about what your experience was, and then you had to see did it match? Okay. Ooh. And if it didn't match, what was your option? If you had enough time to redo it. Woo! Interesting. <laughs> okay, I, that that's like the first time I've ever had that kind of correlation. That's very interesting. So for me. Remember, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was a kid. I, I was a kid that had a kid. I was a kid that didn't have a lot of stability except in the world of structure, right? School. Yeah. So I was pragmatic. I was like, well, you have an idea, right? You write it down. What's going to happen? Because the teacher says, I'm going to give you these things and I want you to do this experiment. Life is an experiment. Yes, <laughs> of course. It's an everlasting experience. Right? And so I said to myself, well, what? Literally, like, what do I want to be? And I was like, well, I want to be a wife and I want to be a mom and I want to, and, and I want to travel and I want to do this. And, and then other people come in and they start pouring into you, right? Yes. Telling you what you can and what, can't what's do. What's possible. Right? What's, yeah, okay. And they give you a narrative, right? Yeah. And they start writing a story. They start co-creating with you. And I had to realize at some point that I had lost my co-creation, that this world that I was living in wasn't my own. Was it a predication on other people's opinions? <sighs> Every, yeah, of course. I was a divorced uh-huh. mother, right? Um, I wasn't working in my field, right? Yeah. I had, and I'm being honest, I was in school doing a lot of things, right? I was going to be a computer business. I did business administration. I did, right? Nursing. Mm-hmm, I did this. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could never settle on anything, right? <laughs> of course. Again, the narrative of the story. And so when you're by yourself, what's the story that you tell yourself? And mine was I was a failure. Mm. See, okay, so let me kind of add to that. Um, there's a book that I'm reading, uh, Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. And one of the mm-hmm. things that he talks about, and I believe chapter six is, well, chapter five and chapter six, I believe, are about your inner hero and your inner villain. And he says mm-hmm. a lot of the times that we do is we don't feed our inner hero enough. We don't mm-hmm. tell, we don't, we don't look at what we're good at. We look at the Absolutely. things that we haven't achieved. And then he goes to talk about, you know, being able, I think it's at the end of chapter six, he talks about, mm-hmm. 
comparing yourself to the perfect version of you. (laughs) Yes. He says, don't compare your, maybe pull goals, right? Pull some goals from the perfect version of you, but never to compare yourself to that perfect version because it's not real. It is not. It is not. And but see, no one tells us that. Yeah. So we, in our mind, our perception, right? And our, and our perception makes our reality mm-hmm. and then makes us move, right? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're living under the perception that this is the reality, you're working to make it happen. You're working to make it come to fruition. How do you make something come to fruition that don't exist? <laughs> Manifest it. You got to activate it. Right? You bring it into the world. <laughs> Thank you. I think a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people like, I mean, this is just, you know, a personal perception, but I really don't think, or let me reword that. I believe that there's a large population of people that are scared to think that they can, like, it's a scary thing to think that you can manifest things into the world. Absolutely. It's a, it's a scary because, thing to think that oh, there's a yes, possibility. Yeah, there's a you have possibility power. you have this yes. thing that can. Like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that I don't have to do what my mom has been coaching me my whole life? You mean to tell me that everybody that's brought up my own personal issues and used them to project a future onto me that I don't have to do those things? Like, I can, you know what I mean? Yep, that's powerful, right? Yes. But someone has to shift it for you. Because in my world, my perception was that I came from a world of deficit. Mm -hmm. We were poor. Yeah. That was a conversation. That's understandable. I, I, I get it. Right? My you mom worked three that jobs. Was always a con- Thank you. We worked two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. My mom worked three jobs whenever there from when I was third grade all the way up until I want to say probably ugh, seventh grade. Okay. So here's how it played out. She was in, I don't know my real dad, but my little brother's dad was a very abusive dude, very um, hands-on kind of abusive. Uh, and there was a lot of things that I can't really speak about because those are my mom's personal stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. that's her stuff, right? This is um, a very abusive relationship. She'll talk openly about this. We've talked openly about this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's okay that I share this. That's the only reason I'm sharing mm-hmm. it. Okay, so during this three-job period, here's how it went. In the morning, um, we typically showed up early, an hour early to school, and we had to wait outside mm-hmm. the doors because she had to be at work at 7 a.m. on yes. the dot. Okay. And so she had to drop you off before. Yep. Okay. So from 7 to um, 6, I think, or 7 to 5, maybe, that's what she worked. Now, there was an after-school program that me and my little brother stayed at from 3.15 to about 5.30, 6 o'clock. She would pick us up, and then she would go, because, um, you know what, I think the first job might have been till about, like, 1.00. And then there was another part-time job laid in there in the similar field from like 2 to 5.30 or something like that. So she was doing that. And then she'd have to pick us up late because the after-school program would be shut down by 5.30. She'd be picking us up at 6. And, you know, they made an agreement that it was okay because of how much she worked. Immediately from 6 o'clock, she had to go from um, pick us up and take us to her other job. And we stayed there from 7 p.m. to about 1 in the morning. And we sometimes we slept there and then we'd go home and do it all over again for years. So I understand. I completely get it. Okay. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. What happened? Yes. It literally dropped me off. Gone. Where did, where did you the hear recording... me last? 
I heard you say your mom um, and you guys were leaving at one o'clock in the morning. And my response to you was, if you were leaving at one o'clock in the morning, that often meant you didn't get home till after maybe one thirty. Yeah. And your mom and you guys were barely able to sleep and get back up and start the day again. Mm-hmm. We did this that for is... years. Okay. So just right. to, I'm going to sew these two audio clips together for, Absolutely. The, for the listeners. Um, we had a little bit of a technical <laughs> issue. Uh, I don't know what happened, but we're back. And we're um, back. And we're back on track. So <laughs> anyway, so as I was saying before, we had we had it rough. It wasn't the best. It wasn't right. fun. But I understood that my mom was really doing everything that she could. You know what I mean? Absolutely. She really mm-hmm. was hustling. And then, you know, now, mm-hmm. obviously, things have gotten a lot better. And we've progressed. Mm-hmm. So I understand exactly where you're coming from, being from a area where things don't happen like big things don't happen for people right what you were working work, hard yeah, for the basics your environment right. isn't successful mm-hmm. people it's hard working true gritty like it's the mud yes. it's, it's you know what i mean Everybody but they're hard working true people like you said absolutely. so i knew how to work hard right yeah, yeah that's what i could work hard if i couldn't if i didn't have that higher intellect right and that long money mm-hmm. i knew how to work okay. right and so i figured here was my idea if I worked hard enough, that would be enough. Now, let's tell the truth. Is that true? Not always. Thank you. So I had to learn that lesson. <laughs> so, Because for one point, I was working hard enough. And then we're talking about mm-hmm. depression, right? And I'm being very honest. I was ignorant. So I did what I knew how to do. I worked hard. And it didn't pay off. And I became depressed. Because again, if I worked hard, this was the rule, right? This was, this was the, the, the formula. A plus B yeah, like that right yeah. remember i just took mm-hmm, statistics mm-hmm. three times don't don't hold me to no math <laughs> right but somewhere in <laughs> consider i took like thirty-eight thousand classes <laughs> i ought to know something yeah right? yeah okay <laughs> so something along the line of a plus b equals some kind something, of something somewhere. i figured again mm-hmm. right if i work hard don't give up i will win that was literally my thought mm-hmm. process right i will i will adjust as needed Here's the problem. Nobody told me what depression was. Uh. And so my grandmother, my aunt, my mother, all had depression. Mm-hmm. And no one talked about it. So my grandmother had been institutionalized. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. My aunt had been institutionalized, yeah. right? And and they didn't call it that then, right? My grandmother just said she, you know, she would laugh about it. And she would say, well, you know, I just had a really hard time and I had to go take mm. a vacation. Was it because you, know? you were too young to kind of so, understand it? There was oh, okay. no words. There just wasn't a word, right? There wasn't, no yeah. one talked yeah. about that, taboo. right? No one, right. And it was like, honestly, you just get over it. No one yeah. cared. And I'm not trying to be funny, but it was the truth. My grandmother was like, no one cared. So I, in the end, I had to check myself in. She was like, but crying every day, she didn't know that that wasn't yeah. normal. She was crying every day for seven years before she got help. So for me, seeing someone cry every day was normal, yeah. right? Some form of anger or frustration. I didn't realize that there was someone that could, quote unquote, help you through that. Mm. I didn't know those people yeah. existed. And then by the time I realized they were existing, I was so caught up in that I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm okay. Everything is fine. Shrug it off. And then you wake up. Thank you. And then you woke up one day. And I was in my 30s. A lot of things had happened, i.e. I had been divorced, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
I had chosen for my children to live with. Right? So I had taken another drastic move. I had moved out of state and left my children with their dad. Another drastic mm-hmm. move, right? And I was in New York, living in Harlem. Should be having the time okay. of my life, right? And I'm not. And I find myself in another relationship with someone. And it is disastrous. And I end up, you know, we're not talking anymore. And I move to the Bronx. And I can see Yankee Stadium out of my window. Yeah, yeah. Dream, right? I'm single. Fancy free. New York City. I should be happy. One day, I was standing on top of 161 in Yankee. I don't know if you've ever been to New York. but One day. Okay. So it's beautiful, right? And it's a platform. 161 Yankee is a platform up top, right? It's not underground. So you have to walk up the stairs. When you get up there, the trains are coming at you, but it's it's in the sky, right? You can you're literally almost at the top oh. of Yankee Stadium. And if you ever go online and look, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You will see it. I'm standing right there. You can see the platform. You can see Yankee What's Stadium. I'm on that platform. Right 161 in Yankee. It's the it's the um, metro, right? It's the 161 in Yankee stop. I'm, I live there, and it's not two blocks that I walk around the corner, go up, and mm-hmm. I'm standing there. And mm-hmm. It's a bad day, right? Bad day. Because I'm looking at my life. I'm not looking at, I'm in New York. I'm looking at plan A. Remember yeah. what we talked about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the perfect version I was supposed to be this thing. Yes, sir. And I can't see that I'm in New York. Single, having the time of my life. And I see this train coming. And I think to myself in a flash of a moment, it won't hurt. I can jump in front of that train and be over. It'll be over. It'll be cold. It'll be so quick. It'll be so quick. And then in the back of my mind, I could hear what had triggered me was this person had been underneath me on, um, mm-hmm. in a car. New York is very loud. California yeah. is not, right? No. Not no, like no. that. New York is and this big, person big. had been on their horn. Oh, my God. It's crazy. So 161 is okay. very busy, because right? It's, it's a, a busy part of town. Kind of central, no? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's Yankee yeah. Stadium, right? It's Yankee Stadium. Like, that's yeah, the heart, absolutely. right, for people. So people are always coming by. They're always there. The cars are going. And this one particular person was sitting there and he was on his horn. And I kid you not, I had been checking the time. He had been on his horn for over a minute and 11 seconds. Just on the horn. And it had gotten in my mind, right? There were people yelling and it was all those things. And I thought, why am I doing this? You had like a little bit of a... Like we had that conversation? Like, yeah, why, why am I, what am I living for? I b- bought a house. Yeah. It's gone. Went to college. Not in my field. And it, I'm being honest. I was working at Chipotle at the time. I was making $9.25 okay. an hour. Yeah. Because I was depressed. How am I going to serve people with mental health yeah. issues yeah. when I'm depressed, right? So I'm working at Chipotle for $9.25 an hour in the middle of freaking Manhattan, New York. So I can work part-time because I can't, mm-hmm. I can barely get out of the bed. I can barely move. I can barely function. I can barely do anything. And that train was coming. And so, so what? And I, I thought to myself, I could just jump in front yeah. of it. It'll be yeah. quick, right? It'll be over. And then something inside of me said, but it will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yes, it, it will hurt. And again, that's mm-hmm. that resilience, right? That is that place that, for me, it's humor. And again, each of us have to have this thing. My grandmother was humorous, mm-hmm. right? And so she taught me how to take mm-hmm. humor in pain. Each of us have something that we yeah. had to hold on to, right? 
So for me, it was humor and the pain. And it, it literally, that's what I thought. It will but hurt. It's kind of a so... mechanism. But it, but it worked. It worked. Exactly. It did. And then I thought, after the cold, I thought, I mean, after the hurt, I thought, and I won't die. Yeah. I'll be crippled. And then I'll have to live with the fact that I'm crippled, right? And have to explain yeah, to no, people. No, I, I understand <laughs> that because I've been in there. I've been in those shoes where you're just like, you're right there. You're on the edge. You're just like, all, all it takes, all it takes is this, this little thing that just, I'm about to do. And then you get yes. that other voice to be like, hey, man, I know you're about to shoot yourself in your mouth, but what if the <laughs> bullet just fucking misses? What if it just paralyzes you? <laughs> and I should be yes. laughing, right? But I'm glad that we could laugh about this because that's the truth. I was there, right? And so that was my pinnacle moment. That was the fulcrum yeah, for me, okay. right? Because my life was not what I wanted it to be. But in that moment, I knew that I needed to stop. I needed to take a moment and I need to acknowledge that I was hurt. So if you break your arm or you break your leg, no one says get up and run. They'd be like, put a cast on. Yeah. You need to rest, right? I had never addressed my hurt. I never addressed my, mm-hmm. right, my broken arm, my half cut off toes, my legs, right? I never addressed any of those things. So I was walking around trying to pretend like I could, I was functioning on full speed and I wasn't. So for the next 18 months or so, well, actually it's been three years now almost, I focused on me. And that was a vacillation of in and out, right? But what I had to do was what you just said. I had to take that critical voice that was so inside of me that had made up this mm-hmm. pretend life that I had lost and didn't achieve and hadn't accomplished. And I had to find something else. I had to create the who I was now, so right now. What advice can you give someone? Say someone's listening right now. And I do this with every one of my guests. I, yep. Something that they say, if it's powerful enough, yep. I ask for this. If there's someone listening sure. right now and they're at that critical point, like, you know, shit sucks right now. Shit sucks. I work. Yep. I work two jobs. Yep. My relationship is yep. falling apart. Um, yep. You know, say someone. You know, people look down on them. People look down on her. Uh, people yep. are always comp- um, yep. comparing them to their sibling or something. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Yep. Situation that is having this hard moment where they've hit that rock bottom and they're just like, <sighs> "I'm about to lose it. I'm about to give up." What can yep. you give that person? Yep with that advice that that where you just came from is that you took yourself aside and you looked at yourself in the mirror Uh and you got real dark and you reflected on everything you hated and changed. What can you tell people that may not have that willpower to be like, hold on, let me pull myself out of this. Yep. Here's the, I got you. And here's that. What do you trust the most? The moment, the moment that you're in right now or your track record of who you've always been. That's Mm -hmm. what I had to do. I had to hold myself mm. up against my track record and yeah. now, right? Because when you gamble, they say, who do you bet on the house? And here's the other thing I say. You have a 50-50 chance of success by trying. You have a 100% chance of failure by mm-hmm. doing nothing. I will always bet mm. on myself. I will always try for me because a 50% chance of success is better than a 100% chance of failure. Yeah. Period. I can always try again. And a 50-50 chance of winning is fucking good. 100% of loss, that's all bad. I'm never going to, I am never going to bet against myself for a loss. That Now I can't, I, and maybe that's mm-hmm. just in me. But when it comes down to the grit, I have to say, do, will I trust in the moment of what is happening right now? Or will I trust myself, the thing that is inside of me? And every time. Do you think that's something that's like, because I don't believe a lot of people have that. Like, you can motivate someone all day, but I don't think a lot of – and, you know, it's very 
marginalistic for me to say that, and I understand that. But I no, I. It's not. It's your truth. I I hear you. I just you hear. So let's take a trip back to like the fifties, right? Sure. Think about the men and boys or women. women, Right. Right. Just people back then. There was a certain kind of attitude Mm -hmm. that everybody kind of had. And yes. everyone was real uh-huh. rough, right? Everyone was greedy as shit. Shit would happen. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. okay, well, brush yourself off, boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now Truth. we've kind of gotten Fact. to this point to where shit happens. Everybody Truth. compares themselves to everybody or even the person that they want to be. And then we get to this point of, Fact. like, sheer disappointment in our own lives. And, and then we forget to be able to say, yes. like, hold on. Like, I can uh-huh. fix this. But mm-hmm. not a lot of people have that in them. Where, where did it go? Where did that, like, resiliency disappear to? They pay somebody like me, and I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. No, because, like, right, we're in, oh, be- <laughs> we're in between therapy. No, 100%. And I get, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, because it's necessary now. And I'm being, right? It is, because um, social, emotional, mm-hmm. intelligence, tenacity, is a behavior yeah right so what people don't understand is i have a muscle that i've been using my whole life that's why i'm so good at it Mm -hmm. it's reflective i mean um it's reflexive it's right my muscles have memory i have been right yeah you too because you have your mom you seen your mom working until one o'clock so in your mind that's not taboo yeah you know that and it's not taboo And two, you know, it's not going to last forever. So you are willing to do, and this is another thing, short-term pain for a long-term gain. You, it's for us, short-term pain could be years because we've lived. Hey. Right. Right. You have lived five years with your mother in that, in that, that state. Now for some people, they would be like, oh my God, five years. But for you, the five years is gone and done and you did it. So next time something happens and you have to work till one o'clock in the morning, you're not just desolate in your mind. Like, oh, my God, you're like, oh, well, it it could take five years. But in your mind, you know that there will be an end for some people that have never experienced those things. They feel like that is the totality. Mm. That's very. And so you need a mentor. It's like, yeah. Okay, so. You need someone to tell you this has happened. It's kind of like history. When I was in college, I will never forget. I had a professor. He was a um, Japanese-American okay. male. And he, he was a history teacher. And he was saying, it was some political thing. And, and mind you, I've been out of college for a while, so I'm not talking about the current mm-hmm. political issue. But some political issue, right? And we were talking about it. And we were having a very heated discussion. He was just sitting there, and he started laughing. And, you know, they were like, why aren't you serious? And he said, because I know history. People are people. People teach their children. We're not new. The, the people that you see are a reflection of their past, their families, what they've been through, what they've come from. So if you understand what a person has been through and come from, you understand where he is willing to go. Oh, thank you. You caught it. Yeah. Thank you. You caught it. So if a person has, let's say, a Japanese American has been in America and their family was interned. Uh-huh. Mm. Do you really believe that they'll ever forget that? No. Exactly. And how, how do they conduct themselves, right? He was like, we save money. We always have an exit plan, right? Okay. They always had their stuff ready. Why? 
because that had happened to them mm-hmm. before. Now, they would have never thought of that had they not experienced it. Of right? course, of course. There you go. So it's some of us have just had more experience. And with that experience, we have an opportunity to teach, to mentor and to be helpful so that other people don't have to experience what we've experienced. We can teach you how to use that muscle in another way. Mm-hmm. And that's why you go get a coach because therapy is one thing, but a coach is about movement. Does that make sense? Yeah. The doing. Yeah. So when you're out training, it also has the muscle, that accountability factor to it. Yes. There you because go. I think it's just like, for instance, like a personal training, right? You have your yes. other fitness experts. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that take on personal training, the only reason they stick to it is not because of a self-resilience factor. It's because they don't want to let nope. this other person down because they've yep. hired them. So now they have yes. to act accordingly. Yes. And until the behavior is set, mm-hmm. you need help. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. And so that's why you have a, a coach. And here's the other flip side of that. You have a coach because they know what you don't. Mm. Huh. The, yeah, right. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, for Duh. instance, kind of everything that we talked about off air, there's a lot of things that I have questions about. Yes. And I have like, yes. there's things that I'm willing to accept that I don't understand. So yes. of course, that's why I projected everything onto you and asked you, you know what I'm saying? Of course. But here's the flip side of that. We have to have the safety to do that. And here's what you said. In this world, we live in a world of instantaneous um, gratification and instantaneous disappointment, right? So when you see someone, it seems like they just showed up and they're wonderful, Uh right? Mm -hmm. You, for instance, I just saw, and this is so pop culture, but do you remember the girl that was on some show, Young Girl, and she was like, Catch me outside. Do you know what oh, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little girl that became that she, a rapper. Do you understand that she just signed a freaking contract for $655 million? Yeah, yeah. Or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's balling now. Something like, but what I want you to understand, she's 15. Yeah. One, five. 15 years old. Like, really? It's, no, it's a trip. I mean, if you... If you take everything back, if you look at everybody that's blowing up in hip hop and like where they're coming from, the th- you know what I mean? Right. It's, right. It's different. Who was she? Do you understand what I'm saying? Who was Nobody. she? Nobody. Like, she was a troubled kid you. that liked to argue with her mom. Oh. And now she's and a because billionaire. She... Thank you. Now, could we have predicted that? No. I didn't. That's my point. I didn't. Could she have worked? Did she work for that? No. Did she, did she audition for that? Did she do something to make? No. It, it was a series of events, right? And it was her, her destiny, right? Or yeah. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. But that's my point, right? We live in a world where instantaneously she went from a troubled teen to a millionaire. Yeah. We don't know her. So other people, when they don't see that thing happen to them, just like you said, what happens? It's a comparative issue. Constantly. Yeah. She's 15. If she could do it, well, then I'm going to go outside and I'm going to do it. And when it doesn't happen, we then we spiral. Because, again, we believe that media, the world has told us, if they can do it, I can too. I want to addend that a little bit. My addendum to that is you can do anything you want to, not everything. Okay. Digress on that. Yeah. Here's why. Everything ain't for you. Mm-hmm. You go to the buffet. There's thirty five thousand dishes on the buffet. Do you eat them all? Absolutely no. not. No. The purpose of the buffet is for you to see, 
to experience and then make choices, wise choices. And every choice you make negates another one. So if I eat dim sum, I ain't going to be able to eat a lot of noodles, Yeah. right? If I eat a lot of noodles, I'm not going to be able to eat a lot of rice. So in your mind, you have to calculate that. People forget that that's the same thing in life. So if I choose go ahead to be a if I choose to be a wife and a mother, how much time do I have to put on my career? If I choose to have a career, how much time do I have for my personal life, right? Yeah. But we don't want to talk about that. We just want results. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm talking about behavior, mm-hmm. right? Nobody sees the background behavior of what it took to get it. Now it seems instantaneous when that's not true. Mm-hmm. So connect we're coming. I scheduled a lot of episodes to be recorded today with other people. Um, so we'll be oh, wrapping. We'll get off. Soon. We're done. But one thing I want to add yes. on to like that, you know, um, the practice of what you choose, right? The mm-hmm. buffet issue. Um, there's two yes. ways that I guess I kind of approach this. There's one that I, you know, this entrepreneur, Gary V, you probably heard of him. The wine dude. Yeah, I love Gary's Gary. He's amazing. Um, was something that he always said was, you know, he loved basketball, but he was a shit player. So he didn't pursue basketball. Thank you. Right? Okay. So right. also, here's the other side of that spectrum. Here's the other side of that you spectrum. You got it. Leonardo da Vinci probably wasn't the best painter whenever he first started, but he did it over and over and over again until he became the best painter. You know what I'm saying? But why? But why? Because yes, he loved that's it, something that he that's wanted the caveat. to do. So where do you draw that line yes. of saying... I want to play basketball, but I don't have the coordination. I have sciatic nerves. I have, you know what I mean? I have these other underlying issues <laughs> where if I play yes. basketball too long, really what's going to happen is I'm going to be end up taking like some kind of medications in right. my thirties. Cause my knees are fucked up. Like, where do you, you know what I mean? Right. So where do you draw that line of, okay, this is my weakness and I probably should ignore it or this is my strength and I should capitalize on it. And I think that's honestly is a personal choice mm. because like when you look at Gary, I am a total yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a right? little girl when it comes to Gary. I got oh, all your my, books. I was, I, I, got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I am total fat girl. Oh, oh yeah, I like, know for real. So me and you are knocking each other over yeah. when Gary shows up, right? <laughs> okay, got it. So just so we know when we see each other, I'll pick you up afterwards, but I'm going to knock you down and yep, get Gary. Yep, okay. Yep. All right. Moving on, right? Because you got other people. With Gary V, he talks about consistency, mm-hmm. though, and passion. He talks about engagement. He's like, what can you engage with people naturally? He loves basketball. He talk about mm-hmm. basketball. It's his passion. Yeah. He talk about it with such ardor and love that you are drawn to him. Mm-hmm. So even if he can't do it, playing it, is he still doing it? I, yeah. There's your key. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. There's your key. And I guess that's also very subjective for me to say something like that because in this day and age, you know, you have people that are making the oddest things, mm. the most outlandish things, careers. Like, have you seen that little boy on YouTube that <laughs> opens up toys and plays with them? He's like four. It's a. It's I a, was, dude. He's a baby. Yes. And that's something that I, was like, I told my mom whenever. Can I have a baby? Listen, I'm about to have me another uh-huh. baby and put it on uh-huh. YouTube. I'm not playing. <laughs> uh, no, but it's crazy, though. We live in that world. That's the world we live in. Have you seen now where people are doing the ARM, where they're smushing things? A S R A R. Listen, I'm not, I don't know what it is, but it's uh-huh. sound. So 
it's literally people like mushing things. Oh yes, like, yes, 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 yes. It's like the kinetic sand. Do you know what I'm talking about? Cutting shit into cubes. Yes, sir. And yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember whenever I first started, that blew up on Instagram, and like my Discover page was just full of it. Oh Can, my goodness. Okay, so do you understand? So what I'm saying to you is, what we have to do, because you're, we, we we're always going to circle around, and we're almost done. Depression is for mm-hmm. me was a place where I felt that there were a lack of options. Okay. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? That I had reached my quote unquote end, or I had missed the exit, mm-hmm. the okay. pinnacle, the right, the place that I yeah. should be. But what was the addendum in the third option? The fulcrum for me. And so what I hope that me and you through this discussion have given people is that there is an addendum. There is a fulcrum. There can be an additional chapter. What are you willing to Persevere. What are you willing to? No, I was going to say, what are you willing to do to shift your perception? Because that's where it begins. It's all in your mind. Yes. I'm not asking you to do anything. No, that's except believe. That's it. That's it right there, though. It's that little glimmer of hope. That's it. That's all it is. Believe. Yeah. That's it. So you asked what it was. I always believe that. I, <laughs> at this moment, it may be the most fucked up moment in life, but I just took another breath. So I have another chance yeah. and, 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 and I've had some really, 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 really bad moments, but have I survived and you're 21 and I'm 40. Yeah. Right. But in between that space between us, each of us have, it's nothing bigger or smaller or worse. Right. I, I haven't done anything better or worse than you. It's just in my mind, the story I tell myself, yeah. right. That's it. It's all about the story we tell ourselves. So what, do you like roller coasters? Have you ever been oh, to a man. theme park? Tell me, uh, I, I, when I yes? was a kid, no, okay. no, no. When I was a kid, I used to hate <laughs> roller coasters. I'd, I'd, my eyes would be closed. I'd be squeezing onto whoever's next to me. It'd be a stranger, and I'll be holding their but hand. But you went. Yeah, of course I went. But that you went. Made me piss okay. myself, but I loved it. You yeah, understand? It's the adrenaline rush. Okay. I'm just a huge junkie off of that. There you go. <laughs> That's life. And so when we see life, instead of seeing life as a punishment for mm-hmm. us and some type of, um, you know, um, place where we're constantly failing, if we see it as, right, this adrenaline and adrenaline ride, this roller coaster, this opportunity for us to discover, and more importantly, to have a hypothesis that we can always fix, and it's always working for us, then I found that I was less depressed. Don't get me wrong, maybe two weeks ago, I was in the bed yeah. crying, but those days are less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so where, do you, you. where do you draw that per, um, perception, I guess, of, or the perspective of having, mm-hmm. wanting the adrenaline of, okay, sh- time life is shit right now but it can be better versus like someone's like i just want to die i want to fucking die right now you know what i mean there's no hope there's no hope they don't see you know what i mean because i know a lot of people like that and i've been there myself yeah where you just you don't see it you don't see it there's no light at the end of the tunnel you're on the bottom of the ground covered in yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and that's it and you don't see yourself getting out yes then you know what and I'm, i'm being honest in those moments i let it be like I, I let that be. I, I it's okay. I was gonna say, because circumstances sometimes allow you to be shitty. Like when my grandmother yeah. died, right? My grandmother died. There was nothing. I wanted you to tell me. I don't want you to tell me she's gone to a better place. And I, shut up. I wanted yeah. to be sad, and I was sad, and I allowed myself to be sad. But here's the thing. And and <laughs> um, do you remember that show Lost? Yeah, I loved it. And, and maybe okay. So there was That's a doctor. the airplane one, right? The... Where they crashed on the island. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched, yes. I binge watched the okay, fuck so... out of that. 
Me too. <laughs> I didn't watch it when it came on TV. Me neither. And so I'm kind of older. I got into it later. I binge watched it too. Yeah, me too. When I was a kid, I never, you know, <laughs> I never, I wasn't a big fan of TV when I was a kid anyways, you know, but now whenever, especially like I have Thank too much you. shit to do and I'm like, man. Me too. Let me go up, on and put on something. And that's how I you found that. And that's how I found that show. That you're speaking life into me. Okay? Thank you. I told you. High five, brother. We soulmates. So, I found this okay. show, right? And you, the doctor, you remember his um, relationship with his father was very tenacious, yeah. right? Because he wanted to be yeah, his yeah, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to live up to the expectation of his father. So, at in that light, right? So, at, and for those of you that haven't watched Lost, he's a doctor. He's this wonderful neurosurgeon doctor. He's a star to be, right? And his father is the head of the hospital. And he's the head surgeon. And so, he gets a call about this girl. And she needs surgery. And the, the doctor and his father are mm-hmm. there. The doctor nicks something on the girl. And she's going to be paralyzed. It's over. And he's losing it. And he tells his father, I can't do this. And he, he goes to put the knife down and walk away. And his father grabs him. He says, you will not walk away. Basically, he says, her life is in your hands right now. And you are going to fix this. You have a decision. So you take the time and you do it. And he tells him, take whatever. And I don't know if it was 10 seconds or whatever. But he tells him, you know, you take these seconds and then you fix it. You do it. And he took a breath. He stood there and he did it. So for me, and I'm being honest, I had to make, after that moment, I had to make myself an agreement. Mm-hmm. I allow myself, I, when I am afraid, and when I'm saying afraid, I mean afraid. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, because we've all been there, and I'm talking to you guys that are listening. I know that fear you're talking about, and I'm talking about that monster deep down inside of you, and I'm talking to you from my heart. Hear me. I give myself 10 seconds. And when I say 10 seconds, I mean I submerse myself, and I allow the worst thing that I could think of, and I let it go. I let it go. I call myself whatever. I tell myself the most horrible things I'm going to say and I let it go for 10 seconds and when it's done, it's done. Mm. I have allowed myself that moment and I am done. And then I get up and I move. And that's it. That's my agreement. So I don't know if you want to take a minute. I don't know if you want to take 10 seconds, but you have to take it and you have to, again, it's that muscle. Yeah. Right? It's, It's exercising that muscle of getting up. So for me, it's 10 seconds. So when I am fearful i give myself 10 seconds to submerge myself in it and then i get up so that kind of correlates to like the psychological psychological term of um uh what is it brain elasticity right you okay. got it cool cool <laughs> see i'm not using all those fancy words but look at you, you got <laughs> no, i study this stuff. i mean i first got into psychology as a hobby when i was like 14 i started studying it's really interesting it is. And, but my bad habit mm-hmm. was um i caught myself like judging everybody and trying to read everybody yeah. trying to dissect everybody <laughs> i was in gym class my sophomore year and this girl walks in with a bad face and i was like what's wrong what's wrong with you she's like nothing and i was like all right is it is it family is it your boyfriend is it your brothers and then she like and i was like okay so it's your family what's going on with your family what's good is it this are they about to you know what i mean and then she would take again and i knew that was a nervous reaction so i kept digging yes. on it. i kept digging on it and then these things I mean, yeah and then of course she started crying in the middle of gym class and everybody thinks i'm a bad guy but this is just me but you're like, not. learning like oh okay you know yes. what I mean? so anyways yes um, yeah i get it I, I used to love psychology it's fun but it's I it know. can be it can be a very bad weapon if you don't know what you're doing and that is truth. And I appreciate that you said that. And that's why I, and that's why I come back. Right. And that's another thing today. 
and I'm going to be quick. Here's the other thing that is very interesting for mental health is that we have too much information and not enough educated people uh. to use it. So we're quick to call people, and here's what I, toxic, and you're a, and you're a psychopath, and, and you're a this, yeah. you're a that. And I'm like, you don't have no kind of background to be diagnosed. With I have a sociopath. I have a narcissistic. I have a, you don't know what you have. Just because you went on Google and got a list of things on Wikipedia does not make you Right? Uh, no, it doesn't. Able no, it doesn't. It's to like give diagnosis. Whenever I have a cough and my chest hurts. And then you, oh, damn. I have bron- bronchitis. Thank you. Or, no, shut up. Right. Drink some tea and sit down. Right. Exactly. Chew on a ginger candy. So, what I want to say also for mental health is that that is the other caveat that I have found that is destructive. Too much information with pseudo professionals. Yeah. Too many you think posts, now? Too many people believe what oh they my read God. online. That's my yes, one sir. of my bad habits too. Is I tend to, like, whenever I'm going, like, kind of the things that we talked about off air, I'll Google yes. it. I'll Google it, and then I right. find all these things. <laughs> and then after so long, I get in this rabbit hole. I kind of relay yes, back to everything. I'm like, well, hold on. Yes. Hold on. Yes. Some of that shit was contradictive. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> right. I'm going to bed. But see. <laughs> and I'm going to restart tomorrow, yeah. but this is what, and, but that's, a, and that's it. Can I say, I love that moment, what you just said. Now that is a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That is the thing, right? It's a reset. Yeah. You allowed yourself to be inundated with this. And you're like, c- quite honestly, when you go to sleep, your brain is processing, shifting, working through that. Yeah. And when you wake up in the morning, you now have the opportunity to pull yourself through those thoughts again. And so I applaud you for using all these skills, listeners. These are all skills that help you get through. But again, you learn them. You read, you talked to someone, you did something. So again, coaching, mentors, therapists, they're all in conjunction to help you be your best self. And mental health is a part of your holistic health. Mm-hmm. Take care of it. Yes. I appreciate being here oh, with you. Johnny, you're a rock star. You're amazing. No, we clicked. <laughs> this was perfect. This is amazing. I love it. I'm going to want to have you as a frequent flyer over here on the Melancholy Condition. Thank you so much for I taking the time. I would love to have you. I appreciate it. And until next time, I wish you nothing but the greatest success. And to all your listeners, come back and listen to him. He's got some great insight. I'm looking forward to seeing how you progress and grow. Oh, you're the best. I appreciate you're you awesome. so much. We'll be in contact. You're welcome. Have a good you one. Too. Bye. Hopefully you've had an amazing time listening to this podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, I have a few questions to ask. One, if you'd like to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition. There's a button on there that allows you to support just a dollar a month to help the future episodes of this uh, podcast progress. Secondly, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, do me a huge favor and just give it a rating. If you wanted to give it a five star, great. If you wanted to give it a one star, even better. If you want to just go ahead and tell me everything that I'm doing wrong or everything that I'm doing right, I would absolutely love it. Just anything helps. And second, thirdly, if you have anybody that you'd like to send this podcast to, anybody that you think this episode particularly or any other episodes they may benefit from, do that and just share it with them. Thank you so much.